0: hi and welcome to the jeep and bubba podcast i'm your host brad jeep and bubba co and welcome to a wrap-up eh, recap and eh, what do you want to call it a little detailed podcast about a trip that i just recently took with my wife so y'all say hello to nicole hey guys no they were saying hello to you not you oh. to them But it's too late now. Anyways, my wife's here and we're actually at home. I just poured her a glass of wine. I just poured myself. She got me a 10 year bourbon for a 10 year anniversary. So, um, I am a kind of guy who likes an ice cube or two. So I'm letting them melt, uh, just a little bit. I'll get a little sip. (sighs) That's good. That's good. Um, just one tonight. One little, one little, uh, Bourbon. I like to, it's a tradition of the podcast to have a little bit of something, um, but anyways, welcome to the podcast. And what we're gonna be talking about is we just did a trip out to Moab, Utah, a couple weeks ago to celebrate being married ten years, and also one of the main reasons why we did the trip is because I don't know five six years ago now we did the Rubicon Trail together, and it was one of those you know big pilgrimages trips for me and um, it was one of our you know favorite trips that we've done together. And a lot of that was because of the road trip out there, um, not necessarily the trails, but we enjoyed the trails as well. So I thought we'd do something similar on this trip. Uh, I did Black Bear Path without you and I kind of regret it. So I was like, you know what? First time out in Moab, this would be really, really cool. Good timing, my parents watch the kids, so um, but what I, the reason I wanted to do the podcast was because we did an hour long YouTube video, hour and 13 minutes. And even in that amount of time, I don't feel like we explained very well, like why we did the trip the way we did it. So I thought maybe we could break it down just a little bit, um, uh, kind of the, uh, Meat and potatoes of like the logistics of the trip. So I'll start into it. And if you want to interject, then feel free or add anything to it. But uh, anyways, um, I knew our timeline was a week and I knew I wanted to go to Moab. And the issue for us and a lot of the issues for pretty much anyone going to Moab is it's a very centrally located state in the United States. So even from the west coast it's it's going to be quite a drive so for us it's about a three-day drive yeah i think gas is about 415 across the nation a gallon and you've got the wear and tear the oil the tires all that good stuff um kind of going against you and if you decide to, to drive obviously you're gonna need a place to stay on the way out so um you're either going to camp or you're going to get hotels, and then there's a cost on that too. So my thought process was if the if the plane tickets aren't too bad, let's just fly. So plane tickets weren't bad to fly into Denver. So a lot of people who go and fly into Moab will fly to Salt Lake City, which is about two hours, or uh, Grand Junction, it's like two and a half, or something like that. So And you can actually fly into Moab, but it's uh, a really tiny airport, kind of a... Hard place to fly into. Denver is about... If you look on Google Maps, it says six hours. We did it both times in five and a half without trying. Like, with multiple stops. And if you're like, well, that's a long drive. Five and a half, six hours. It gives you that road trip feel. But it's a really pretty drive. Like, uh, unless you're afraid of tunnels. I...
1: I it
0: was okay with the tunnels, the tunnels are fine. So, you go through the Eisenhower Tunnel, you kind of uh, skirt along the edge of Breckenridge, you go through Vale, you go up to the Vale Pass, which is over 11,000 feet. Um, there were people skiing, there was snow on the ground, and it's a really beautiful drive. You really won't even notice that it takes that long a time. So, um, I think the drive usually it's your drive going back that seems longer, but I, if that felt Faster because, like, we were in no rush to get anywhere just other than the airport. So, um, we were in a rush kind of to get to Moab. But what we did was we decided to fly. Then, obviously, if you're going to fly, you need to rent a vehicle. So, I had gone through Expedia. And what I did was we flew in on a Sunday night because it was Mother's Day. And got a hotel very close to the airport. And picked up our rental car as soon as we landed and decided to go through Hertz. But that was just because Expedia bundled that one hotel room, the flights and the rental car. And I will say this by bundling, basically the rental car was free. Yeah. Like it pretty much wiped away the cost of the rental car. And then you just pay for the flight and, and the, ho- the one night in the hotel room. So I got a subcompact. We get there. They didn't even have subcompacts. They were basically putting us in like small SUVs, kind of crossovers. And then for whatever reason, the the brand new one that we it was it was a brand new uh Ford Escape. Was that it? Yeah, yeah. So like the, the one we picked, for some reason they had been red flag, like, don't take it out. So they let us go pick one from the President's Cup and we ended up with a Grand Cherokee four by four. Now there was a lot of options, but we knew when we were picking ours, we were like, if there's a possibility to get an all wheel or four wheel drive vehicle, that's gonna allow us to hit some gravel roads or uh, explore some more, even in like the national parks.
1: And so, when, I, when he says a lot of options, there was a lot, and I'm pretty sure he's Googling like gas mileage and horsepower and off road capabilities on every single one to make sure that, you know, we weren't missing out on something.
0: Yeah, I took longer than we should have to pick because I'm like, <laughs> we have a six-hour drive. I want to save gas, but I don't want to drive something over a mountain pass that has no power. But does it actually have true all drive or four-wheel drive? And when I saw the Grand Cherokee, I looked what year it was. I'm like, okay, it's got the eight-speed, three-six, everything I'm familiar with in a, in a Wrangler in a package that gets 24, 25 miles per gallon. So I was very happy with that. Not a true four-wheel drive. The Laredo four-wheel drive is like an all-wheel drive, basically. But it absolutely did fine for what we ended up using it for. So, we get the rental. We stay at the Wooly, and started out our trip early in the morning. I got breakfast, uh, Einstein Bagel, which was delicious, and then got on the road. So, I'm going to fast forward to get to... Um, Moab, and then you would think traditionally, okay, so you guys are going to stay in an Airbnb, VRBO, or maybe in like a, a hotel or something like that. What we decided to do was something I found is through outdoorsy.com, there's all kinds of options to rent campers, um, different types of trailers, teardrop trailers. Uh, we happened to find a guy who was a uh, local uh, pack raft guide, you know, like white water rafting guide and he had turned a Ram Promaster, which is basically um, a Mercedes Sprinter van and converted it into like a little camper, uh, like a van life kind of situation. And I thought how perfect is that? Because basically, we don't need a place other than to sleep but it would be really epic if where we're sleeping is like close to the trails, on the trails, kind of out in nature. Um, really like, uh, you know, not, if you're in a hotel, you're just in the town. And then you go out wheel and then you come back to the town. So I was like, it'd be cool to wake up in the desert and enjoy that experience. I do want to flash back real quick though. Um, we decided to fly Frontier. Which we had a terrible experience with coming home. Great experience going there, but here's my two cents. And like you can fly through whoever you want and pack however you want, but Frontier is the best price for Denver. They're located uh, home bases through Denver. They have uh you can bring a personal item on with you for free that's small. It's kind of like Spirit Airlines if you ever flown Spirit and. Then you have to pay more money for carry on than you would a check bag. And I'm, I'm not a proponent of check bags because it's like if it doesn't make it on the plane or uh, you got the weight for the carousel. But um, in this case, it was cheaper and um, we knew we wanted to carry the most amount of weight as possible. So what we did was just one check bag, you know, there and back. And uh, that's what we packed our clothes in. Then you brought um, your personal item. A book bag, a book bag, and I brought a a soft sided cooler, so an Arctic cooler was. I mean, it was right on the numbers for a personal item size, but I just packed some clothes in it or whatever, and that way I'd have a cooler while I got there. So that is important for me to mention that. I thought that was a little bit of a hack that that you know, like I showed up kind of with a, a cooler, which ended up we used it a lot. So yeah. it it was good that we had it. So, um, we get in this van. Van worked out good. It had a small fridge, it had solar. And if you're like, oh, there's no way I could do this. If you go on Outdoorsy and look at Moab right now, you can find four or five listings for this style van. And you could also, the one we happened to use was called the Bear Van. Uh, I like the name that kind of got me, but I liked that it had solar. I liked his his bed set up, um, memory foam. It was a comfortable bed. It was a little snug, a little tight. And I don't think it would be as good in the summer when it's really hot because we had forty five fifty degree nights, and we were running the fans most of the night and it'd get cool in the van, but it was never like cold yeah. um so I could only assume if it was like eighty outside it'd be really hard to cool that van down and it has the air conditioning from the van, but not it's not air conditioned in the cargo area the only thing you have is like a couple of fans basically and um you could roll your windows down or open the door but um, there's a lot of dust out there, uh, yeah. bugs, stuff like that. So, um, but it was great temperatures while we were there. It was like 75, 80 during the day, 45, 50 in like the middle of the night. So was, we were like hanging around at camp 65, you know, basically. Uh, but anyways, we did that. So we roll into town on a Monday, we pick this van up and... We've got this Grand Cherokee. And what I did was I did not want to have to go looking for a campsite, like, on the first night.
1: Yeah, not knowing where we were at, like, how Moab was actually set up. Because
0: like. one thing that we found traveling and doing camping, like, we, we've gone out to other states. It be it's astronomically seems harder when you're not in your home state. Like, because you don't really know how the park systems work. Where I like, you know, because most of what's out west is BLM. um, A lot of what you have on the east coast is forestry land. If you get into Texas, it's mostly privately owned. A lot of Colorado is privately owned. uh, Oklahoma, so so it's like kind of hard to find anything other than like a KOA. So we found uh, what was called Lake Campground. And I happened to be able to watch a YouTube video on it. And it was nice. It was a little further out of town, 15, 20 minutes out of town. and But you were able to reserve it online. What was key about that was we get there, I'm not fighting somebody for a spot. I know I have a guaranteed spot when I get there. It was, as far as a paid campground goes, very spacious, not right on top of one another. Just a couple vault toilets hiking. There is a waterfall there. So we really enjoyed it and that's why we stayed at Kins Lake the first night. I just wanted to kind of guarantee a camp spot. The next day, um we went to dinner, breweries, all that stuff. We ended up camp, kind of going into camp early. Um by the way, you could cook out of that van. There was plenty of they had cooking utensils and things like that. We opted not to cook the entire time. We were basically on vacation, not having to deal with kids, so it was like let's go out and enjoy adult time, going to dinner, going to different breakfast places. We did pack lunch every day, so that's where we did like make our own meals, but basically for lunch, you know, pack some sandwiches. But um, as far as like lunch went, we packed in the cooler sandwiches, chips, drinks. Uh, One thing you wanna know when you go out west is just to hydrate because you don't even sweat and you get dehydrated, it's so dry. So, I'm not a ChapStick person, but ended up buying ChapStick while we were out there. Like, you do get sunburn easy. So, um, a little hack I learned when we went to uh, Black Bear Pass, one of the guys that brought uh, some drip drop, which is like uh, liquid IV or something, but it's like a powdered, it's a powdered substance that's high in electrolytes, and you can just add it to your water. It's like a flavored packet. So... You're not like spending big money on, uh, you know. You can get Gatorade or Pedialyte or whatever, but it packs easy and just pours in your water and uh, gives you some more electrolytes. So th- that was definitely helpful there. But um, the next day after staying at Kins Lake, went into town and we rented a jeep because if you're gonna go to Moab and you're a jeeper, like you want to go run the trails. So here's my tip, my pro tip: the only company that you're gonna want to go with in my opinion, is twisted Jeeps. Let me tell you why. There's a lot of Jeep rental places in Moab that have fine, great looking Jeeps, but basically you're limited to the green trails, which means the hardest trail you can run is basically fins and things, and everything else is gonna be very, very basic stuff. Now you might be into the scenic and the overland and all that, so that might be okay for you, but if you're going there to get your Jeep Badges of Honor, if you do twisted jeeps, you've got five trails available to you to go and get those badges. So um, that's half the badges out there. If you're just there for a week, you know it's going to take you three, four days to do it. So the number one question I got asked was how much did the jeep cost? Well, the jeep was three hundred and thirty dollars a day. Um, I did a phone reservation. I didn't have to pay ahead of time. They were a little bit hard to get on the phone because they're so busy. And they actually, they have regular office hours, but they come in in the morning, get your Jeep rentals out, and then they go and help people get stuck. They're they're outside washing the Jeeps, and they also own the gym in town, so they're at the gym. So there's hours they're not there answering the phones. So it's easier to get them in the morning. So if you're on the East Coast, just know you got a couple hours difference, but try to grab them in the, in the mornings, or like around five o'clock, six o'clock, that's when people are turning in their vehicle. So that was, uh, it was a little difficult to get them on the phone, but, uh, very, very friendly, very nice, knowledgeable, wrote us out, trails to go ride in, asked us some questions, but did not hassle us, didn't beat us over the head about the vehicles. Um, we did, we signed a few papers, but no big like insurance or waiver or anything like that. Um, and then I was actually, Surprised that we got a cash discount because we decided to pay cash. So at the end we had a little bit of a discount. But I think it's pretty affordable if you think about the fact that like these guys, instead of being like all the rentals we saw in town, basically bone stock, JKs and jails, maybe like some all-terrains. These guys, three and a half inch, um, mid-arm lifts on them, 30, uh, seven inch tires, Patagonia, some MTs, um, Rubicons. Rubicons. Ours was a soft top. So we were able to like take the top off and let it back and enjoyed that. Everything worked on it. Lockers, everything was great. So super awesome. And so what we were able to do with that, they actually allowed us to leave the grand Cherokee, the rental vehicle and their parking lot. We, we did discuss that ahead of time. And then we basically uh, went out and, and, ran a bunch of badge trails. Um, we were able to run Fins and Things and Hell's Revenge the first uh, two days. And what we decided to do was to camp at the uh, Sand Flats. I was going to call it Salt Flats, but it's Sand Flats Recreation Area. And basically, it's just like 10 minutes out of Moab, maybe 5. It's yeah. super close to Moab. And there's tons of camping out there. It was... For the van, I think it was twenty five a day, to camp. Um, no, it was less than that. I think. I want to say 15. I think it was fifteen a day. Yeah. yeah, and it was like fifteen a day to camp. So we ended up camping there for three nights. You know, forty five bucks. I think it was five dollars for you to have like, to, yeah, to come in with the jeep. So yeah, I think we're like fifty bucks for the whole three days we were there, and basically. It's where um, the Lion's Back Trail starts. There's Baby's Lion's Back. There's the Slick Rock um, uh, Mountain Bike Trail. There was Hell's Revenge, is right there at the beginning, at the opening. Uh, Fins and Things. And in fact, where we camped was basically a halfway point on Fins and Things, where there's like a little bathroom break. We camped right there off the trail. So the first day we were in Fins and Things, we stopped at the van, made lunch and kept riding on fins and things and then we were surprised that we were able to run the trails a little bit faster um one of the ways we would able to go faster is because they do twisted jeep does have some of the obstacles they don't allow you to ride on so you skip some of the some of the harder spots but you're still able to do 95 percent of the trail and uh it ends up resulting in we ran fins and things in hell's revenge in like five hours six hours So we were able to knock those out the first day. Second day we went out, we did um, Poison Spider and a little bit of Golden Spike. Like, you're not really supposed to run on Golden Spike at all. Uh, Used to be on their list that you could, um, but we just did a sample of it. We did the uh, Skyline Rim, and then we got back onto Poison Spider. Um and then saw there's a arch on Poison Spider and then yeah, cut over um towards Gemini Bridge and ran Metal Masher and we ended up running like three quarters of Metal Masher and there was the fast way back um kind of to the parking lot area or to the main road or there was um a harder route but it had some of the obstacles that you had to avoid anyways so we ended up doing that but what was cool we did get to go to like i want to say it's arts rim yeah. and that was one of my favorite spots of all moab where basically you're like seven thousand feet in the air on this like edge little rim section looking down on the highway you can see out in moab and it's like wasn't hard at all but it was just like very narrow and you get to see off and get cool views so not terribly scary I mean it could be dangerous but um we had great conditions that day good weather so it was good and then and they... also
1: like on all of Metal Master, we never saw another vehicle so it was mm-hmm. kind of nice just to know like we're not in a hurry with somebody behind us or we're not being slowed up by somebody in front of us and I don't know it was just kind of peaceful not having people around
0: yeah it was nice um and there were some like cool places for pictures at the top Really good views. And then it's close to Gemini Bridge, which you used to could drive on, but it's a hiking path now. And it was an easy little hike and a cool area as well. Um, some big rock formations that make a like a pedestrian bridge, basically. Um, so we went and did that. And then the third day, we got special permission from the... Uh, Twisted Jeeps. Twisted Jeep to go out and run Top of the World. So they don't have it. I don't think on their like online list, but there's a paper list in the office that they don't allow Top of the World. And the only reason they said was because people tend to break things on Top of the World. It's not a super hard trail, but there are more drop ins. It's rocky. It's very like East Coast wheeling. I really enjoyed the trail going up it. Coming down, it was just bad on the on the body. It just dropped you in and up. They needed you up. some
1: Sumo Springs.
0: <laughs> yeah, they needed some Sumo Springs or some air bumps or something. But um, he kind of knew my history of wheeling and owning a shop. And so I don't know if he would do that for everybody, but he did allow us to do that. So we went out and did Top of the World. We drove out there on the highway. We drove back. The back way down the Colorado River and basically checked out um, whatever that lodge was, Red Lodge. Red
1: Red Cliff Lodge.
0: Yeah, we checked those lodges, a Bronco experience thing there. uh, And just kind of drove into town in the back way. So then um, we did have to turn in the Jeep that day. And then we picked the Grand Cherokee up. But we still had another free day in Moab so with our free day we decided to go to Arches yep. and explored some of the hiking opportunities um, which it's beautiful and there's awesome hiking opportunities but we did delicate arch and you do need to be in good shape <laughs> to go and do that it's a three-mile round trip but it's a 500 eleva- uh, foot elevation change so it's it's pretty rough um, and halfway through I was like why are we doing this to go look at more rocks like all we see is rocks yeah
1: I think uh, we kind of were desensitized to the rocks at that point because yeah. we had just seen so many awesome red we'd rocks we'd seen and some arches already arches and like yeah. we'd just seen so much and experienced so much and then you know and we were experiencing it either in air conditioning or a moving vehicle with the windows down now
0: we're hiking now and it's we're, dry and hot and,
1: and miserable yeah. and a lot of other people around us
0: and yeah so um, we quickly decided hey let's see if there's anything off the beaten path and arches and using the fun treks book which by the way uh, they just came out with a fourth generation fun treks book it's a if you're thinking like why would I want a book or a, like a map book fun treks was key on this trip and it's been key on other trips I've done basically you can download um, waypoints to your Gaia, or if you use um, what's the other one Onyx, you can download their their waypoints, and they're numbered. So I'm like, hey, we're at G three four whatever, and Nicole's looking on the map, and she's like, oh, that's right here. And so um, sometimes it's just easier to look on a paper map, or they also have like detailed, take a left, take a right. If the Gaia wasn't loading, I will say. Of all the trails I've ever run ever you know Moab has done a phenomenal job at marking the trails there's spray paint on a lot of the trails telling you which directions to turn there's metal placards like you are here go this way so um, between fun tricks waypoints on Gaia and fun tricks the actual book and the map in person we were able to get around um, really well but using their book and then uh, using Gaia, we found that there was just outside of, kind of in arches, a couple of different little uh, sandy washes we got to ride through in the Grand Cherokee. We got to one point where it looked like it was going to become kind of hardcore rock crawling, and we uh, decided not to do that in the rental. Um but we did do a couple little challenging yeah. sections in in the Grand Cherokee, and it did good. Um, we met some folks in North Carolina, and he was kind of guiding his wife. She was in a Rubicon, and I came through in the Grand Cherokee and picked up some tires. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, um, I was just riding along, but no issues with that. Uh, it was just really cool to get and like hang out in the the backside of you know, Arches National Park, but. Um, definitely one of those things like when you're in Moab, you should go see it and then I'm good to see it once. Maybe next time I'd like to go out to Canyonlands or, or make the drive to Zion, but, uh, it was really cool to see arches and, uh, uh, definitely, um, glad we did look at it. Um, so that was basically what we did. And then we, on Saturday, we... Had a flight at midnight. So basically. we got a really
1: nice dinner out.
0: Well, no, I'm going to get into that. Okay. I'm just talking about, I'm just running through like the wheeling and the driving and okay. stuff. So then um, we'll get to that in the nightlife. So, <laughs> uh, oh, I I do need to say our last, we turned the van in on Friday morning and we got a hotel Friday night and the significance of that was we knew we were going to get on a plane on saturday and there is no shower set up in the van so you can grab a shower local there's a few places that offer public showers one night we just took a couple jugs of water and like you washed your hair i washed my whole body but like we use dude wipes and stuff like that but um it's always nice to have like hot water and, and like, and like your own room to go back into it and like a nice bed, air conditioning, all that stuff, especially like the day before you leave. So we opted to stay at the best Western, which, you know, is nothing fancy in most towns, but I think it's two fifty a night in Moab. So, um, you know, your holiday ends, 400 bucks a night at Moab. So just something to keep in mind. But, uh, So we got one our last night. It did have a pool and a hot tub, which was nice. So we turned the van in Friday morning, stayed in the hotel Friday night. Saturday, drove back to Denver. We tried to hang around Moab as long as we could, but just kind of felt like, hey, we need to get going to the airport. We stopped uh, in Vail at the Vail Brewery and got a beer and some tacos, but still ended up at the airport way early. Um, Really no... Nobody in line for security, so we ended up spending quite a bit of time at the Breckenridge Brewery in the uh, in the airport itself. But um, then flew back and had an hour delay leaving, and then sat on the tarmac for thirty minutes um, just to get off the airplane. And uh, we had left the jeep at off site parking, so we had to get on a a tram in the morning. We were tired. It was it was we left it one in the morning and finally got home at like 9 a.m. our time. So, um, red eyes are nice because you get to experience the whole day at your destination but they're hard to to get over. You better have a full day which we did. We had Sunday. Well, I did. Mm -hmm. We had Sunday to uh, uh, rest and recuperate. Nicole slept five or six hours and then went down to Florida to spend some time or go get our kids but spend some time with my parents as well uh, and then come back with the kids. So, that's kind of the travel of it um there's a few things I skipped out on so uh one thing I want we probably want to talk about uh maybe groceries uh, alcohol beverages, restaurants tourism um one thing I noticed there's not that many grocery stores or places to buy groceries in moab, and the ones they have are small in. The food at the restaurants didn't seem expensive, but the grocery store was was yeah. expensive. So the groceries seemed a little more expensive. Um, if you're buying, if you like to drink wine or beer, you have to buy your wine at like a liquor store, and if you want beer over five percent, you gotta buy it at a liquor store or at a brewery. Um, you're like, why would you want any over five percent? Well. If you drink IPAs, typically there's 7 or 9%, so you're going to have to go to the brewery to get that or uh, to a liquor store, which I think I saw like one liquor store in the whole town. Yeah. Um, If you're eating out for dinner and you want an IPA that's like over 5%, percent you got to order it in a can or a bottle. You can't get it on draft unless you're at the brewery itself. So um that's kind of the Utah law. Uh, if you're going to get like a margarita, it's I'm gonna have a shot and a half or ounce and a half, so it's not even like a full shot in my <laughs> yeah. my book. So it's kind of a waste of time, and you cannot order a double. So, um,
1: so really, what you need to do is fly into Denver, get your booze in Colorado, and then bring it across the state border.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you, nah, I don't, I don't think so. The reason I don't think so is like I definitely wanted to drink. The like, the local Utah beers, but like to get the strong stuff, you like had to order in a can or bottle. I was drinking some some Colorado beers, so I guess you could have bought those. Like, you know me, like when I go somewhere, like I want to drink what's locally brewed. So I was able to get some of the Moab breweries brews that were, you know, seven to nine percent, but I had to get them at the brewery or just order them in a can or bottle. Um, instead of getting them on draft. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if uh, you could buy in Colorado and it wouldn't be, you know, too big of a deal or whatever. Um, nightlife, we, I think we like, we, we found some stuff to do. We weren't like, like blown away and not that we thought we're, we're not like that cool, but like, <laughs> but like. We thought there might be a little bit more. And then the restaurants, we were a little like, eh. I, I don't know if we were like blown away. But we ate pasta the first night at Pasta, pasta J's. J's. Which service was kind of slow. But then the food came up really fast. And the, my food was good. You thought yours was eh. But my food was really, really good. I got some kind of ravioli, stuffed ravioli... I don't know. It was really, really good. You got some kind of chicken thing. But then we went... The the, fir, uh, the absolute first night we went to the food trucks. There's a whole food truck area. And we just got quesadillas. Mm-hmm. Then then we got the pasta the next night. The following night is that we went to Zach's. Yeah. So we went to Zach's, which looks really fancy from the street. Like it looks like a, a Longhorns or something. Um, and... It was like bar food. Expensive bar food. Yeah. So, I don't know. They did offer like pizzas and stuff. I just, it was kind of eh. Um, and then we went to Josie Wyatt's for a fancy dinner for your birthday. And it was very good. Like I thought the food was really
1: so, good. So, so good, yeah. And it's, it's attached
0: annoying. to the Hilton Hotel, but you can't really tell. It's like... uh I don't know, everything seemed like five stars. Really, really nice. Um, Breakfast, we did the Moab Diner, which was good. Kind of like a Waffle House, Huddle House situation. Um, We did, there was a French, it wasn't French though. It it was Italian cafe, breakfast cafe. And they had a good like breakfast paninis. It was like
1: a little food truck type thing. We did
0: McDonald's. Um, it was the golden a, arches. it was okay <laughs> um, oh, no, McDonald's was the one of the most expensive breakfasts we had, yeah, like the hash browns were like triple the cost they normally are, yeah,
1: it was like four fifty for an order of hash browns i
0: was they they bamboozled me um, we went to muffin something
1: uh yeah,
0: some kind of muffin place the last day. Um, and it had a burrito that was breakfast burrito was good.
1: I think it was like Muff Love.
0: No, don't say that. Muffin, nope. I don't know. Maybe I don't Muffin know. Love. It wasn't Muff Love. <laughs> they did have a sign that we had some hot muff. Um, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I know that's what you're thinking of. Um, it was good. Nightlife. We kept trying to find, like, a hole-in-the-wall bar that, like, you could relax and have a beer at and not, like, have to eat dinner or whatever. So, we tried uh, Something Alley's, which was, like, a bullet alley bar. Yeah. which definitely a lot of locals there. But, I don't know, it was kind of high pressure. It seemed like they wanted us to order chicken wings the whole time I was there.
1: It was, it was wing night.
0: Well, I didn't want to order chicken to- wings. And then... We went to Dewey's, which it was crowded, but our our bartender was really nice and gave us like a lot of local insider information. Um, But we also could watch the kitchen at Dewey's and they were like grabbing French fries like with their hands. So I was like, all right, we're not eating here. Um, The, what was it? Woody's Tavern. That was kind of my favorite place we went to at night. It's... You're going to need someone big and burly to go with you to go in there. Although... Maybe not. Like, it seems like a biker bar, but then half the people in there are hippies, so...
1: Very hippie.
0: Like, it's hippie, but then it's biker bar. Kind of like... I don't know. But it's definitely a hole-in-the-wall pool hall. I don't know if they had food besides bags of chips, but... Ice cold beer. Like, frost on the top of it. Good good beer. Um, We went once during the day really good vibes we went once a night her a really good reggae band and Brad
1: saw his favorite dance moves of all time
0: <laughs> I was offended by how white these people were dancing it was awful just chacos and pale feet just dancing everywhere it was terrible dancing um, and then as far as like the shops there was a couple cool ones that were like Moab only, or Moab, like, local Moab. Main Mo, Mo, Moab. But mostly everything was, like, Daytona Beach t-shirt shops. Like, every right. shop was, like... But, like, you're there, and you're like, oh, I kind of want to rep. Like, I got a t-shirt. Oh, we went to the um, the Blue Pig. Is that what it's called? Uh, it was a barbecue oh, yeah, joint. The, yeah, the Blue we Pig. We didn't eat there. There was a restaurant, and it smelled, the barbecue smelled good. did. But there was a bar, and the, that was actually a nice bar, like... It was chill, like yeah.
1: They had live music.
0: the The drink special was good, like so. I mean, but if you want that hole in the wall, like Woody's was definitely the spot. I told a couple people went to Woody's, like, well, that's only because you're big burly. Like, that's a rough spot. I'm like, eh, I never really felt too bad, but anyways, the that was our nightlife experience. And one time we just grab some drinks and made a fire in camp. Like, you know, it was just kind of like, we were trying to get the full Moab experience, you know, and making sure that we kind of saw things like from the tourist perspective and then maybe even as locals perspective. We did the Moab Brewery, really good pretzel, good beers, um, kind of a busy spot. would have liked for there been more breweries but you know that was cool there was a lot of just really the town's also geared up a lot towards hiking and biking and just getting out and not necessarily hanging out in town so town's just where you go to refuel and uh, it's not necessarily built for the nightlife or whatever a lot of little hippie cafes and stuff like that but Awesome vibe in the town, a good mixture of everything. You see all different types of vehicles rolling around, all different walks of life, people on bicycles and a lot of hikers and people from all different kind of countries, different languages. So, yeah, um, we heard
1: a lot of French speaking people.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So that was kind of the two cents on on food and eating. Oh, and
1: don't forget milk's.
0: We did milts. We kind of squeezed milts in even when we weren't hungry. But we were told, like, you got to go to milts. And the vanilla shake flavor was great, but it was very thick. It was thick. It was we kind of like a, a... It was just like ice cream. Yeah, it
1: was like an ice cream cup from Chick-fil-A. It was
0: good. And then we got a burger each, and the burgers was very, very good. It's am so you got to go to milts. And, and uh, while you're there, for sure... Um, There wasn't really anything I did that I was like, you know what, <sighs> I wouldn't do that again, other than maybe arches, but that's kind of jaded. It's just because you see so much on the off-road trails. We saw so much red rock camping. If you were in town just for hiking, then that's going to be one of your like destinations. If there's anything I could have done that we didn't do, obviously I'd run a few more trails, but I would like to float down the Colorado. That I think that had been a really cool experience. There was a lot of people offering that. Um, so I would have liked to have done that. And but
1: I'm sure that water would have been like...
0: I don't plan on swimming. Bitterly just But floating. I mean, just like even <laughs> just getting floating. into the boat. I'm okay and with that. If
1: you're in the boat with me, then I feel yeah. like at some point we'd end up swimming. No.
0: No. We've got a guide and he's got the... the <laughs> we're not giving you a paddle. We've learned that. <laughs> um, yeah. I felt, I mean, obviously... When I go back in the future, I would like to bring my own vehicle so I can conquer uh, Bridget Canyon. Um,
1: Stillbender.
0: Yeah, do all of Golden Spike and all that. But um, it's kind of cool to be at dinner and, and hear people talking about a Fun Treks book or what trails are going to run the next day. And, um, one thing I do want to bring up as a disclaimer, if you guys are wondering. You can hire a guide. Uh, Twisted Jeep offered that service. Um, You can go out in a group of people. We rode rode solo the whole time. We didn't plan to meet up with anybody, get guided. We used our best instincts and my experience off-road. We used fun tracks. We did carry a Garmin inReach. Uh, but we didn't have a winch. We did not have any recovery gear. We had no tools, uh, other than a way to change a spare tire. Uh, and it wasn't even a full size spare. So there, there were some inherent risks. We did bring food and water with us everywhere we went. We did have a way to communicate with the Garmin and with cell phone reception was good when you're on top of the cliffs, when you're on top of the trails, when you're down in the valleys, they don't really work. Um we did bring uh just as far as if you were gonna record something, um cameras with us, we did bring the the um drone in our in our personal bag and was able to bring it on the plane. Um uh, no issues on that. So um I think that just about covers everything. I don't think it's I don't think every sing, not bragging on us, but like I don't think every single person should Hop in a riddle and go into and Top of the World or maybe Metal Masher. Hell's Revenge has some steep, crazy stuff, but it's well marked, and so is Finn's. Like, that's what's cool about those trails. Like, they had a lot of arrows, like turn this way, turn that, like on that physical trail.
1: And they're both also very populated, like.
0: Yeah, a if lot you of were people to run
1: into issues like there's people yeah. there.
0: That can... poison spider. All these trails are dangerous, but I think it's very doable without that much help. Um I guess we saw a lot of like couples by themselves and like the wife spotting or the husband spotting and and there's no shame in that. Um but just if you go do it like be smart about um, just knowing that you don't have any recovery gear and you're gonna have to call them to come get you and I don't know if there is a fine for that but or a fee or whatever, but um thankfully, we didn't have any issues at all with the vehicle and and so you know um nothing to worry about so uh we but we did have a plan and we did have you mm-hmm. know our garment in reach if if there was something crazy bad that happened and so um Besides that, stay hydrated, bring some food with you, plan the best you can. There's a couple different Facebook groups that helps a little, Moab, friends of Moab. Um, watch your YouTube videos. But ultimately, you just got to go out there and have your own experience. And uh, you know, that's, the reason why we did it is in a week's time, only missing one week of work, we were able to fly out, camp, wheel, Experience the town, um, you know, for a couple thousand bucks, and uh, and not have to put any miles on our own vehicles and and burn a lot of gas or any of that kind of stuff, and um, or put any miles on our vehicles, whatever, and just be able to go out and have a good time and and a little bit less worries in a well-equipped vehicle and uh, everything worked out, um, and we had a great trip. So we just wanted to run you through. Uh, our trip, what we did, and kind of why we did it. And uh, closing it on 47 minutes here, um, you can see how there's a lot you could talk about. The trip that we kind of left out of the video. We talked a little bit about it, but um, I just wanted to kind of in-depth of why we did it, uh, the way we did it. And if I went back, the only thing I'd change is I'd want to have my own rig. I would go back out and rent one again, but it would only be like if a certain group of buddies went and like... Mm -hmm. And then I was kind of showing them the ropes around town. But for the most part, I like, I like, like to go out and do some of the harder trails. And oh, us uh, say
1: let's go out again in like five years and take the kids.
0: Five years. Uh, well, I might have to go out sooner than that. Yeah. But I would also say one thing I would like to try to do is I feel like there was a lot of camping at other places that we yeah. didn't try to go find in the van. Although we were like all like like sand flats is pretty rough roads, like gravel roads and stuff, and where we apart, like I had to take a couple run and goes to get up at it. But there was probably some more like way off the beaten trail paths that you could go camp and be really far out there. Um and we just didn't uh wanna do that in the van. But if we were out there with our trailer or rooftop tent, uh, we might want to do that. I will say they experience a lot of wind and dust and dirt. So, yeah. rooftop tent might not always be the best option. Being in the van is kind of nice too. So, is that the thing I got everything? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Is there anything you want to tell the people?
1: No. It was a great time.
0: Yeah, it's a good time. Definitely consider it, um, it. You know, I would say if you're used to doing really hard off roading on the East Coast or even on the West Coast, I don't think Moab is that hard to learn to do to adapt to the grip of the rock but what is alarming is the heights you're doing it at and some of the spines and the fins and things you go over you're you're like okay you know one mistake and we're rolling to our death so i think it's a it's one of the most dangerous places you know i mean black bear pass pretty dang dangerous but um the Rubicon, pretty dangerous, but, like, um I don't think it's that difficult a place yeah. to wheel.
1: But it is kind of that just dangerous It And it also, it also
0: looks hard. Everything looks hard, but you just have a lot of traction. Yeah. So, it's hard to describe until you go out there. It's definitely, you know, I'm glad to have that experience of that type of rock and that place under my belt and in my brain now um, going forward. It's cool to try new surface areas and elements and, and different Yeah. Like there was
1: sometimes that I wanted to like get out and film just so we would have more film for the video, but I'm like, if I get out and film, I don't think I can get my body up this obstacle.
0: Yeah. Like yeah.
1: you're going to have to throw a rope down just to get me out of this Yeah. crevice. Like, I don't know, but it was cool.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, we appreciate you listening to this guys. Um, We'll keep coming at you with the podcast, and um, I was hoping to, you know, getting a rhythm of doing them every other week. But it, we have been super busy at the shop, so um and doing a lot of trips and filming a lot of things. So as we have time, we'll definitely bring you some good top quality podcasts. But I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Dude, want to say shout out to my buddy AJ Bradley. You're gonna have to text me if you listen this long, but uh, he's one of the main reasons why we keep the podcast going because he said. He listens every time we put him on. Uh, is his way of catching up with me. Um, he's my buddy that we're friends since high school and moved away. And uh, the dude's a rocket scientist. So, anyways, shout out AJ. And, uh, you know, you guys know the drill. I hope that there is an adventure in your future. I'm Jeebin Baba. Eat your prunes, and we'll be seeing you.